Welcome back to On the Corner of Well and Why, where we discuss real estate for millennials interested in exploring what it takes to get themselves a piece of the pie. I'm your host, Allie, and this week's episode, we have Rafay. Rafay is a real estate agent out in the Chicago area, and he's building a brilliant opportunity for agents over there to thrive in a collaborative, fun, and expansive team that's structured and highly successful. In this episode, Rafay and I discuss what it took for him to go from no mentor for his brand new real estate career to becoming the top 1% of real estate agents in Chicago running a fast growing team of 20 plus agents. We talk about the future of teams for real estate agents because so many fail in the first few years due to a lack of guidance. I know for a fact he's doing it all right because I'm also on a team here in my area of the Jersey Shore, and there's no way in hell I would be doing what I'm doing without the backup of my team leader. Rafay dropped all the gems and was not holding back from sharing any secrets. In my opinion, it's not only Rafay's hard work and dedication to his craft, but it's his willingness to share and connect that has likely gotten him to where he stands today. We touch on for sale by owners from the viewpoint of prospecting as a real estate agent, as well as the essential importance of working with the right team of inspectors, attorneys, and mortgage lenders who won't kill the deal, but will have the wherewithal to critically think around the challenges that inevitably pop up in the home buying or selling process. Rafay, thank you so much for being here. It was such an honor to have you and speak to you and learn from you. You really are killing it out there, and it is such a pleasure to see, watch, and get to know you on a personal basis. I cannot wait to see what you do with your business, with your team, and your social media account. (laughs) All right. Enjoy. Rafe, how did we originally connect? Was it the Clubhouse app? No, it was Dale's uh, uh, coaching session. Uh (laughs) Oh, I think that's, that's how it was. Yeah, and I really boss. like, yeah, yeah, follow boss community. And then I try to like kind of collaborate with like some people that I feel like I'll, I'll have, like I'll hit it off with. So like I try, that's one of my takeaways. I always try to like connect with maybe two or three agents that are from different markets. And then I think we were just talking about it. And then I just like, I'm like, all right, this alley girl, she's got good energy. I like it. I'm just going to like kind of reach out. So I connected. That's hilarious. Actually, yeah, you're you're definitely touching my memory now because that was the one where he was like, I had to be his guinea pig and I was not doing a great job, but he kept picking <laughs> on me that whole call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I thank you for jogging my memory about follow-up boss. So I love yeah. follow-up boss. It's a <laughs> CRM it system that we use. Um yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So we were in a in a love the leaderboard feature. You gotta check it out. For yeah. perfect for teams. We yeah. hold each other accountable using that feature. Yeah, we use it too. Yeah. Awesome. So I wanted to have you on here because I noticed that you're absolutely killing it out there in the top 1% of real estate agents in Chicago. And I know time is extraordinarily precious. So I want to start off by thanking you so much for being here and joining us to share your energy and your expertise. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it very much. My Looking pleasure. Yeah, me too. So first of all, you're a team leader, obviously, with an extremely young face. And I won't ask how old you are, but you how shouldn't. and when did you get into real estate? <laughs> I, uh, not that old anymore. Used to be back in the day, but, uh, I started, so I'm an immigrant. I moved to us, uh, in, uh, 2005 and, um, third world countries. I've seen it all moved here. I got, uh, kind of finished college, got into banking. So I was in, um, retail banking, 
um, investment banking side, and then um, worked my way with some mergers and acquisitions uh, for BMO Harris Bank and MNI Bank, um, and just hated it. I mean, it was just dry and didn't appreciate it, but wanted something more gratifying and entrepreneurial. And uh, that's when I'm like, you know, I, I remember it distinctly. So I came back home. I was frustrated. It was long hours. And I got back home and I turned on randomly Bravo TV. And then it was, of course, and I know so many people resonate with this, but it was Million Dollar Listing season one for LA. And it was, I remember Josh Flagg, um, 18 or, or 17 year old Josh Flagg. And he's like getting dressed up in this mansion. And I'm like, oh, what is, what is going on here? A nice suit and everything. And I'm like, all right. So if these kids can make like, you know, million dollar commissions and everything. I should have no problem doing that, right? Far from true. It's completely different in person. But anyway, uh, <laughs> when you actually in the business, but I remember um, I saw that clip just like got burned in the back of my head and I went and got my license uh, next week. I resigned from my bank uh, because they found out that I got my license, asked me to either um, uh, cancel my license or put in my resignation. And I had literally 10 minutes to think about it. And I'm, I went back in the office. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm resigning, I'm done. And that was just a very overwhelming process and, and feeling because that is all I knew. That is all I was trained for. That is all I, the financial industry. And, you know, I have a degree in finance and, and, and business. And, and I'm here kind of going off completely in a different field, but it just, uh, it just felt right. And I knew that I didn't want to work for anyone else. I want to be an entrepreneur. So quit that banking job. I was in it for six years on the top bankers in the entire United States um, and got into uh, real estate and signed up with a brokerage, local brokerage here uh, in the North Shore of Chicago. Rookie of the year did about ten and a half million dollars my first year. Um, did not stop, did not put my head down. I, and I had no coach, no mentor. I made every single mistake in the book that you can imagine. I remember one time I was frustrated and this is when I was moving as well. I had very little furniture. I remember, I think I had a mattress on the floor cause I didn't have a chance to buy a bed yet. And then I had a desk and, um, you know, I was in the process of moving and I had no job and I'm like, what am I going to do with my time? This was, this a mistake. I'm second guessing myself. And I remember they used to throw those yellow books back in the day. This is 2014, by the way. I think it was the last year when they were throwing the yellow books. They stopped doing the yellow pages or whatever it's called. And I remember grabbing one, cracking it open, didn't care about any rules or regulations. Or I didn't even, I think I didn't even know, you know, there are any rules or whatnot. Do not call this and whatnot. And I remember looking up A in a town called Lincolnwood and just started dialing randomly. Starting and, and the script was very, very basic. It was like, hey, my name is Rafa. I just became a real estate agent. Do you know anyone looking to buy or sell? That's it. And I said that, I think, maybe 300 times. And um, I got five appointments out of that. This is like day four of my career. And no, again, mentors or experience, whatnot. I mentioned that I'm an immigrant. No prior, like much family here or friends and whatnot. I, I didn't have much of a social life because I was working two jobs and going to college. So that's how I built my business. Um, you know, I remember it was the seventh call and it was a doctor and he's like, yeah, I'm actually thinking of selling my place. If you know any clients, come check it out. And then that client is still one of my top clients and I've done millions of dollars of deals with him since 2014. And um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, and I remember like just driving the hustle, like you, you need that in this business. Um, first year is discouraging according to NAR. Ali, I'm sure you know this as well. 87% of brokers will not make it, right? Within the first four years, 87% will drop out. At least only 13% will make it in the first four years. 
So I remember driving from, you know, there's an area uh, north shore to Skokie, all the way to Schaumburg, 45 minutes for a $1,200 lease, all the way to Chicago, another 45 minutes hour in traffic for $1,200, $1,300 lease. So I, that's how I sort of built it up. I and mean, now those clients are buying real estate and, and paying dividends. So I think I, I learned a lot. I've made, like I said, every single mistake in the book and it's taught me a lot. That's kind of my, like tiny little journey uh, to getting started in real estate. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. Wow. I was, I mean, my next question was what exactly do you think has gotten you to the level of success where you are today? And aside from just getting in and hitting the pavement like that, what else do you think was part of it? Yeah, I feel like, you know, again, one of the reasons was to to help people achieve the American dream. And like I mentioned, just the previous job and, and the career that I had in banking sector wasn't gratifying enough. And, and one way I think I found that out was paying it forward. I always wanted to do something where I could pay it forward. So I figured all these kids and like these younger team members I have. So just real quickly, we, we crossed, uh, we just crossed a uh, hundred million um, closed volume. That was as of last couple of weeks, we're at about 110 million right now. We had a pretty spectacular December so far. Um, that's not counting any pending or listings or contingent. We've got a book of about $20 million. We're going into 2022 with, um, and our goal is 20, uh, $250 million. So that's, that's a quarter billion dollar number. And I just like, like saying that word, the quarter billion sounds, (laughs) sounds cooler. (laughs) sounds badass. Um, but we've broken it down based on metrics and, um, Going back to it, I just knew that, you know, it's, it's, first of all, I've, I've owned two brokerages in my career and I worked as a solo agent as well. And I know that the team model is where the future is, right? Because it's all about culture. It's all about collaboration. A lot of brokers will bring you in and then leave you by yourself. That's not how you, that's why there's such a high dropout rate in the business. But if you can have a blueprint of success and you can bring people on board and you can teach them and, and, and kind of be a catalyst so that they are not making all those mistakes that you made, I think you can really catapult your, your team forward and there's a lot of le- leverage and there's, you can kind of bounce off everyone's weaknesses and strengths and, and work collaboratively. So, so I think uh, just to answer your question, it's just been the fact that I've realized that I had to duplicate myself the right way and not for greed or kind of selfish reasons, but the idea is that the idea is that you got to spread the wealth, right? If you're good at something, teach them, you know, duplicate yourself and then make sure that everyone's making a lot of money so that the, the economy of your team is, is sustainable and it's, there's longevity and there's collaboration and there's loyalty throughout the process. So I guess I hope that answers your question. A very long-winded way of answering your question, but I think, you know, it's kind of duplication and, and making sure that you're teaching people not to make those same mistakes that you've made already in the past. Yeah, I love that. Do you have uh, processes in place like written down somewhere or people just kind of come to you as needed? Um, so are you talking about team members that are joining our team? Yeah. So so again, we, we hire a lot internally. So a lot of our brokers. So we have a team of 24 people right now. We are um, pushing for total 50 team members. And out of that 23, there are six staff members as well. We have a huge, awesome director of operations. Shout out Jana Pierce. She's kind of my partner in the, in the business and handles everything on the operation side. Now she's like streamlined the process and has her own department that handles contract to close, transaction management. Our brokers don't even touch the contract, scheduling, 
um, uh, client care, database management, all of that's taken care of. So, you know, and again, going back to on the broker side, I'm the director of sales, so I handle all the, the coaching and mentoring and training of brokers. But the way we've structured it is um, the brokers hire internally. If they meet someone on the field that's a good fit, they normally bring them on board, their incentives for that. And now with the goals that we've achieved and the systems we've got in place, a lot of people are just on social media reaching out to us directly as well that, hey, you know, Kind of see what you guys are doing. We've seen we've seen the trajectory of success, and and we really appreciate that. So uh, what I mentioned earlier, I used to own two Remax offices. So I owned an office in Skokie, Illinois, which is um, about ten minutes from our office in Evanston, and then I started another uh, brokerage in uh, West Loop, in downtown Chicago, in that area. And uh, you know, we we sold those in 2019 and and joined Compass, which is where I am right now. And uh, in 2019, we did about $35 million with about two full-time agents and one part-timer. In 2020, we made a push during the middle of pandemic. I knew a lot of people would be leaving the business when there was the country was shutting down. That's when we started pushing for, for recruiting and reaching out to brokers that were struggling or, or newer and went from four brokers to 20 brokers. And last year, we just added another seven or eight. Now we trimmed a little bit. Uh, we have some as you know, Dale has minimum expectations and he's, he's, he's you know, he makes sure that we're not a team of 50 people doing 100 million. We're a team of 50 people doing, you know, 300 million, 400 million, want to be working at a very high efficiency rate. But, you know, in um, my team's defense, everyone's very new. The average age, real estate career age is less than a year. So they're very, very fresh. And the average age of my team member is less than 25. So it's a young batch and I like it that way because when I'm bringing them in, I can mold them and car them. It's, you know, I don't have to unbreak the habits and then teach them something else. It's they're coming into the system. And, and, and again, going back to the system, we have the blueprint of success. We have the perfect date of a, a real estate agent in the business, what it looks like when you have to wake up. Uh, we talk about Miracle Morning quite a bit. Hal Elrod, I'm sure you've read the book. So talking about your savers. So incorporating all those things so that by the time it's eight o'clock, the hardest things you've already done, right? It only gets better and easier. And then you got your prospect again, by the time it's 12 o'clock, then you're not checking your emails or prospecting, then you're actually going with your appointments. So it's a very structured uh, approach. And I think that's what really appeals to people along with the culture and the collaboration we have within the team. Wow. I'm so inspired. <laughs> so how long did it take to get from the point of choosing this path of real estate to becoming a team leader? So 2014 is when I joined, um, you know, I started with Cola Banker, uh, about 10 million my first year. I think it was 15 million second year, third year, I opened my own brokerage, you know, did about 25, fourth year, opened up a second brokerage, um, did about $30 million. And then, you know, going into 2019, sold those brokerages, and then officially kind of started a team structure. Wow. So, so I've kind of had that whole roller coaster and the journey of a solo agent, a uh, solo agent with a buyer's agent, owning a brokerage, taking the brokerage to a $100 million organization, hiring, recruiting 40 brokers, selling the brokerage to my partner, and then moving on in the, in the team setup, which I, I truly believe is the future of real estate because um, there's too much money and power with these Zillow's and Trulia's and Compass and Ad Properties, all these brokerages uh, for a mom and pop to to kind of compete with. But you can certainly have a huge unit of, of massive team, mega team, and penetrate different markets and have a huge market share that way. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I love being on a team so much. I feel like I would be so lonely without it. Yeah, it's 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 an easy business if 
you look at it from 40,000 foot overview, right? So like, okay, sell real estate, but on a granular sort of level, it's, it, there's a lot of rejection. It's not the easiest business. And, and there are a lot of, you know, you can't count on people all the time. There, there's some people that will disappoint you along the way, your friends, family. So you just have to have a thick skin um, and, and keep moving on. And honestly, it's, if you do enough business, you shouldn't be worried about that anyway. Right. Awesome. So there are so many of us that have gotten into real estate during the pandemic. And I'm curious what your number one tip, trick, or secret is that you like to share with new agents that join your team. Um, I, I believe in the Pareto rule. So the 80-20 Pareto rule. And I think there are 80% of the tasks that agents do that generate only 20% of the results, right? It's only those 20% of the activities or tasks that we need to do that'll move the needle 80 or sometimes even 90% of the time. So what my sort of, uh, we do these workshops every time and we hire in batches. Um, we do these two or three day workshops. And one of the things that I urge team members um, to kind of realize quickly is understand what your 20% is very, very quickly and then do it 90 to 100% of the time, all right? In other words, organizing folders is not going to get you the business, right? Cleaning your desk is not going to get you the business. Picking up the phone and making a call certainly is going to get you business, right? And then other tip is go in with the mindset that you have to be uncomfortable. Like that is the one tip. Like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's flashy. I'll hop in a suit, look, you know, hop in a nice car and then go and like I'll show up and then the sale will happen. Absolutely far from truth, right? Have realistic expectations. You have to work your way up. There's a lot of work that you have to put into it and have that uh, uh, three to four month reserve as well because real estate runs in 90 day cycles. So um, if you are leaving a full-time job, understand that for the next three to four months, you're not getting paid anything mm -hmm. on a good day. Like, that, like as, as, that's like a good successful like broker who's like not getting paid in 90 days, right? Because that means you're putting deals together very, very quickly. Sometimes it'll take you like six months to like start finding clients and then really moving them. Then you've got the uh, showings and the appraisals and the mortgage and this and that. So that's one tip, have realistic expectations, have some reserves, and then understand that you need to very quickly find what that 20% of the activity or tasks you need to do across the day consistently with a discipline that's gonna move the needle 80% of the time. For, for my team in, in Midwest, it's generally, uh, it's picking up the phone again, making calls. So uh, prospecting, showings, negotiations, following up and following through. Those are the five tasks generally I think every broker needs to do, but in our in our market that is very heavily that's what kind of what we work on. Amazing. So I feel like society has this misconception that in order to be successful, you need to have thousands or millions of Instagram followers, but mm -hmm. you're an exception to that rule and I appreciate that actually. So obviously with you know all due respect, your Instagram is like 12 Modest. Yeah, it is modest. Modest, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so that's obviously not where you're getting your leads. So what is your go-to resource or strategy? Obviously, it's prospecting, but you know, who are you calling? Yeah, it's definitely a gap analysis that we realized every year. We sit down and we we kind of do a full uh, business plan and you know, kind of SWOT analysis on each team member and as a whole, as a team leader, I do one on the team and social media, TikTok, all that. We just we have. Been, I personally have been so busy in past six, seven years 
that I haven't had a chance to really develop that, but um, I, I need to work on that. So thanks for pointing that out. No, that but is I a think very... it's, um, that's a great <laughs> problem to have that you're too busy to focus on social media. Social media. Yeah. So that is kind of definitely in the works where we're hiring a full-time social media uh, person to kind of help, uh, help out with this. But to answer your question right now, my day is pretty structured as well. So I'll wake up generally around 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m., um, I would love to move that clock back to 5 a.m. I'm trying to like read this 5 a.m. I'm part of a couple of clubs and there's a book called 5 a.m. Club as well. Something Robin Sharma, I believe is the name. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so by eight o'clock, I'm in front of my computer uh, ready to make call and I start with Fizzbos. All right, so Land Voice or, um, you know, there are tons. I think there's Red X and a few other options. So in your market, whatever works, take a look at that and start with Fizzbos. That should be the first call. And those are generally the low-hanging, um, uh, you know, kind of fruit and tree because these are people that are looking to sell, right? There's intent. The concerns are generally, oh, I don't want to pay a broker or I am too smart to do it myself. Like, I don't need anyone else. That is generally the objection. Now, if anyone has a FISPO for more than 30 days, that is already a problem because we go and tell them that, listen, the fact that you've tried it for 30 days and haven't sold it is a red flag already because we're taking a listing and selling it within two weeks. No, like worst case scenario, two weeks, right? Like if it's price right, 48 hours, 72 hours. So the market's cooling down, shifting a little bit holiday season. But summertime, uh, we were we were killing it with FISBOs. I think one week I, I made, consistently I made uh, calls two to three hours, nothing but focus on FISBOs and got 31 listing appointments. We had a $9 million, uh, you know, month just from FISBOs. So, so they definitely work. That's one source. But then there are tons of, like, leads should not be an issue in this market. You've got lead gen, there's Ylopo, there's Zillow's, Trulia, there's uh, Redfin, uh, Partner Agent, there's Homelight, there's so many options. Um, the farming, open houses. Anyone who says, I don't have a lead, he's asking for the path of least resistance because he doesn't want to, or she doesn't want to make, they just don't want to work or, or, or be aggressive about prospecting. Mm -hmm. uh, because I and I tell that my, my my team says that quite 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 often. Used to say that I'm like that is just garbage. Like I don't believe that. How do you not have any leads? How many friends do you have on Facebook? How do how many followers do you have? like start posting stuff if you're not comfortable with picking up the phone? Do passive marketing then. If you're not wanted, you know, if you're not into active marketing, reach out, follow up with people on LinkedIn, randomly reach out to people. I mean, there's there's so many opportunities. I mean, this era, it's just very easy to be a real estate agent. But again, going back to what I said earlier, it is going to take some time and effort and, and you have to be ready for some hard work. Yeah, totally. So what about vendors? How much do you think using your own vendors with your buyers plays a role in success of a transaction? Um, having people you can trust is, of course, extremely important. I, um, I don't like when my clients are bringing their own vendors again i appreciate the 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 fact that they've done research and if they have done thorough research then that's fine but we've had way too many instances where vendors have, have killed the deals whether those are inspectors who just take a 500 dollars check and they just make it their mission that they have to just crush this like you know they have to find they have to find something wrong with this house and not educate the client that okay you know if there's a crack it's not a structural like earth moves it's normal right? This is the solution. It's an epoxy. It's a 200, $300 injection. Like making, like a lot of people don't explain then clients start freaking out or lender. Like you said, a lot of times there's some lenders who just can't, they don't have the ability to, I hate to say, but 
critical thinking is, is very important, right? You have to be creative. You have to think outside the box. Some of our clients are business owners. They're not straight W2 clients. So um, having a good relationship with an attorney, inspector, and lender is essential in saving deals. I think the fact that we have our people and we, we almost like tell them that, listen, we have no problem if you want to go find someone else, but these are the people that we work with. They understand our systems. They have worked with us on hundreds of files um, and they will make sure that your deal goes through. So generally that kind of triggers it for them and and, and we've had a lot of success. Our, our attorneys don't kill any deals. They don't have their own egos, right? Because buyers and sellers already have theirs. Then you have real estate agents. They have even bigger egos and then you take it to the attorney. So you can't have a transaction with six egos. Um, people have to <laughs> mute it down. So <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, this has been so great. And I mean, I wish I came to the table with more questions, but I like to keep these short and sweet. And you've given us yeah. so much juice in such a short period of time. So thank you for that. But is there anything else that you can think of that would be beneficial for new agents to hear or learn from you before we part ways? Yeah, let's see. I, I would say find a good team. I, I, and I really believe that, right? Find not just any team. Research find the right brokerage, again, research, find which company has the support, the tech, whatever your angle is, whatever your strengths are, make sure that they can amplify that. And then go find the top agent in that brokerage. And do not expect, like get the money part out of the, the, the brain, like literally learn how to live beyond your means for next six months, nine months, a year, and just absorb, 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 right? Give, 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 and absorb, 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 and then, you will like see how just it's your, your career starts blossoming. So I, I feel like too many people are hung up on, oh, I got to make my million dollar sale. I got to get this check. Oh, I got to go with this person. All right, 50-50, this and that. No, forget about the splits. Forget. I understand people have to make a living. I understand that. That's why I said have realistic expectations, live below your means and, and um, have some savings and just absorb normally team leaders will take care of you. Not, they understand how real estate works. They will take care of you. They'll, they'll give you incentives at their discretion, I'm sure. But, um, and, and maybe have those, those discussions ahead of time as well that, hey, listen, if I'm killing it in the game and I'm like working over time, you know, can I expect this? Can, is that okay if we kind of figure this out down the road? But the first three months or six months, I want to just do nothing but give to the team and, and be a good team leader. And the team leader will hopefully recognize that and, and, and promote within. So that's what we do. People, I, I know in our team, and I, we have a great culture. Everyone is willing to like just give, and, and um, I'm very grateful for that. But I can tell who's coming in with an intention of taking and who's coming in with the intention of just, hey, listen, I'm, I'm a team player. Let's go. Let's, let's make this team bigger and bigger and stronger. So it's about, it's about you know, having realistic expectations and, and um, having a pure, I guess, intention when it comes to that. Yeah, that team player mentality is huge. I've seen the other, the other aspect of that, and it's just not pretty. Yeah, you're right. And again, like I said, do the research ahead of time. Some team members or team leads, team is their exit strategy. Um, and again, nothing wrong with that, but understand where you fit. So the way we run our team is I am, one of, I am the top producer in our team, and I lead from the front. I will never ask my team to do anything that I have not done myself or haven't seen success with myself. Um, but, but again, just having that sort of culture, collaboration, uh, loyalty internally, um, surrounded and fortified by, by work ethic and grit. That's what you're, that's what you're looking for. I love it. 
Thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and your and your wisdom. It was really, really a lot and so good. So thank you so much. Yeah, I hope that was helpful. Yeah, thank that's you. great. Thank you. I'm cheering you on from afar. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening and tuning in, sharing with us your time, your attention, and your ears. Rafay, thank you again so much for being here. I am thrilled to be on this journey with you guys as my friends, family, buyers, sellers, and fellow real estate agents. I just don't have a specific person that I want to talk to here because we could all be learning with and from each other, which I absolutely adore. So speaking on that, if you are in real estate and you're a millennial woman, my friend Giselle and I are going to have an episode coming out sometime in the near future talking all about our brand new community called Millennial Women in Real Estate. We are starting with a clubhouse room and we just plan to expand from there and I'm so excited to see what happens with this this just like force, this energy of millennial women, badass women just doing their thing and doing it together from afar. So thank you again for being here. I appreciate you. And till next time, ta-ta for now. <laughs>